banter. I hardly know her. Welcome to Brose. Once you pop, you can't stop. My name is Matt Casnell, and joining me as they always do are my bros in Rose. On an audio feed reporting live from Belmar, New Jersey, it's Mr. Rich Sweeten. Hi, everyone. On an audio feed reporting live from Haddon Heights, New Jersey, it's Mr. Sean O'Brien. Hello. And on an audio feed reporting live from the open road, it's Tim Hansen. I mean, depending on your stamina, once you pop, that's kind of it. You don't even get to the lock or the drop. You just pop it, and you're like, ah, we're good. And we're done. <laughs> you guys get it, right? And then you walk off the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, hi. I, that's what I was supposed to say. Yeah. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Great. Uh, you know, pretty hanging good. In there? Pretty good. How was uh, how, how's everybody hanging in there after our like, two-and-a-half-long, uh, hour-long intro episode? Fabulous. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Somehow, some way, it went uh, a considerable amount of time on yeah. that last one. Uh, well, the- we, we got like a normal amount of content out of it, but somehow it took twice as long as normal. <laughs> one, one of the so lightest weird. episodes we've had in a while, and it's just... It we were so eager to not talk about like a, a history-altering, like devastating <laughs> like shock to the system that we were like... Yeah, what what movies do you have you guys watched? And it was like forty five minutes on movies. It's just not even a particular movie. Just like it's, you seen anything lately? It's also uh, as we said in the last session, uh, we're we're doing video, and it's mm-hmm. good to see your guys' face. I just mm-hmm. want this to keep going. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. It's I true. love your face, and let's do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like if we got a question this episode that was just like, "Sup guys," like it would last us till like two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, easily. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and so where would they send that sub guy's question to? Oh, you're doing things way out of order, Rich. Way out of order. <laughs> just like walk out in the middle of your street and scream it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just or holler at the top of your questions at gmail.com. But debatably, you could send it to brosequestions at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, everything, everything okay where you are, Sean? I think the goddamn playing, party somewhere. They're playing ping pong next door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just, I hey. love it. Spike the <laughs> shit out of him. I, I, I love your sound studio, Sean. I do too. <laughs> yeah. Sound City Studios. Welcome to the Brose Podcast, everyone. Available as always on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold. Uh, the premise of our show, as always is to answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything. And we do it while drinking delicious glasses of rosé. If you have a question you want us to answer on the show, you want to email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Before we get to those questions, let's discuss our wines. Uh, Who wants to go first? Uh, Tim, you're raising your hand, I think. Tim is raising I'm his raising hand. I'm raising my hand in this uh, I had a notepad audio covering medium. Tim's face, so I couldn't see his hand raising until like a <laughs> second okay. ago. That's okay. Clearly, I don't matter. Uh, I'm drinking, and why am I Mr. Pink? I was going to try and do it in a Steve Buscemi voice, but uh, I can't do a Buscemi impression to save my life. Uh, it's fine. It, it's, it's, it's a dry wine, and I'm not a big fan of dry wines, uh, but it's 
it's not offensive, which I guess is a compliment. <laughs> most, most dry wines by the first by the end of the first glass, I'm just like, I have heartburn. I feel like this tastes like garbage. And this one, I'm just like, eh, it's fine. I don't have heartburn. It's really emblematic of like, our times where it's like this. I've been so beaten down by the wines I've drinking <laughs> recently that this one that didn't kill me immediately is like a B plus. <laughs> I'm also going on like an, an hour and a half of sleep last night and then an 11 hour shift and then come home, cook and then like podcast. So it's just like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we've done your favor by trying to make this one as long as possible. If, if so. I wasn't drunk, I'd be punch drunk. But now I'm both. Now you're Hell both. yeah. Hell yeah. Man. That's what we do. Sean, what are you drinking? I'm drinking uh, A to Z from A to Z Wine Works, uh, an Oregon rosé. And like I said last episode, it tastes a little bit like raspberries, and it's pretty fine. It would be, it would honestly be really good at like a barbecue or something as an alternative mm-hmm. to a decent light beer, like a li- mm-hmm. not light beer, but like a. No, I'm not drinking a friggin' Guinness in midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, to time it right. Yeah, uh, Rich, what are you drinking? I am drinking. Uh, it is Old York Cellars. It's a raspberry blush. Um, there's really nothing on the labels as to tasting notes or anything. I had to Google that it's 12% ABV, and it doesn't seem like it, but it's really good. It's just juice, really. Juice is good. Mm-hmm. Juice yeah. is good. It's like super sweet, and it just tastes like raspberry juice. I described my drink in detail during our last episode because I am celebrating my birthday uh, during this round. Of, yeah, man, this is this is the closest one. Woo! Yeah, man, this is the episode that I, probably is his closest. It's the one right before my birthday. It's going to come out like a few days beforehand. Um, it's also, of course, uh, the same day as as Tim's uh, lovely bride Martha's birthday. Uh, Wait, so, who? Who? Huh? Excuse me. Also, also my father. Sorry, I meant I meant your I meant your father-in-law. Sorry, my father-in-law, um, my wife, and like seven other people I know. What, what the fuck happened to Seven Eleven? Thank <laughs> heaven for Seven Eleven. I guess you guys are kind of cool. I yeah, I'm like I'm like fifty fifty on me personally, but <laughs> I uh, I'm not fifty fifty on this this bourbon. I'm drinking a Maker's Mark Private Select uh, from Winter 2018. It's a 112.2 proof uh, bourbon, and uh, it's finished with oak staves. This is a combination of a few different uh, Maker's Mark flavors, including Maker's 46, which is like the vanilla staves, um, as well as flavors of roasted French mocha, toasted French spice, and seared French cuvee. Apparently, strong French population in uh, (laughs) eastern Kentucky. Um, Maker's Mark Private Select is my favorite line of bourbon. Uh, this one is no different. Uh, highly recommend it if you like uh, bourbon with a little bit more bite and a little bit more spice to it. Um, so, uh, real quick, Rich, before you do your questions, because you have the second round of questions here. Listen, we've been talking about a lot of heavy stuff the last couple of episodes. I thought we'd break things up a little bit, lighten the mood just a little bit with a couple of jokes. Just like, listen, straight up jokes. Oh, boy. Um, and, uh, these are, are, I believe what are classified as anti jokes. Um, so I'm going to run a couple of these past you just to lighten the mood a little bit. You know, it's, it's a heavy couple of weeks and months for us as a country and as a, as a human race. So maybe just, you know, lighten things up a little bit. So here's a couple of jokes for you. Um, what, uh, what do you call a deer with no eyes? A, a, a deer because there's no eyes in deer. 
No, no, no. You call it a deer, Rich, but it's because the absence of eyes doesn't change the species of animal. Um, <laughs> what did one lawyer say to the other lawyer? Sup, dog? No, the you know, they said we're both lawyers. Um, <laughs> objection. <laughs> Have you seen Stevie Wonder's house? Neither is he. <laughs> no, it's it's fairly it's very tastefully furnished. I don't think Stevie's <laughs> eyes has anything to say about that. Um, you know, the old saying goes: you can pick your nose. You can pick your friends, but you can't rob a bank. That's a felony. Um, and one more. <laughs> the hell what I did can't. <laughs> and one more. What did one cannibal say to the other after eating a clown? Does it taste funny to you? Nah, we're going to get in big trouble for this. All right. <laughs> and with that, Rich, you have the second round of questions, correct? Does your dark meat taste funny? I've left. I'm that, no that meaty, here. like inner thigh part. Uh, <laughs> he's gone. Rich is out of here. Bye. <laughs> All right, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope those yes and yays are getting picked up on Sendcast. Every, every joke we make needs to just be like be followed up with a pause and just hope it's perfectly timed. <laughs> If we had, like, a real-time producer, I'd be asking him to clip that part off so he could just play it at random points of the show. <laughs> like, somebody makes, like, a like a, like a a solid point politically. Like, Yay! <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. <sighs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> All right, let's get it on. What's What do All we right. got? Uh, question number one. If you could bring back one TV show that was canceled, which one would you bring back? And why would it be Firefly? No. <laughs> no, I, that that wouldn't be my response either. <laughs> one show Sounds like canceled. a Martha question. <laughs> hmm. Uh, hmm. Fuck, what's it called? Uh, John Doe. It was a it was a sci-fi it was a sci-fi TV show like on the sci-fi channel uh, where the main character wakes up on an island, like tumbles into the ocean, gets picked up by like some fisherman who like speak this weird fucking language that no one knows exists and he responds in said language and like oh shit you know blah 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 he's like no I don't wait what in said language uh gets off the boat more more or less he knows everything except for anything about himself so he looks at the sun and he's like it is Tuesday, 7.42 p.m. on July 7th, based on the angle of the sun and blah, 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 blah. And he can also only see in black and white, except for certain things in color that somehow relate to his life. So it only ran one season. Phenomenal show. The main, char- the main character is um, uh, the bigger, burlier brother from Prison Break, or the guy who played... Uh... Heat Wave. Heat Wave, yeah. Heatwave, oh, um, or or uh, the Drac. I don't know if he was Dracula, but the 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 main vampire villain in Blade Three was it Dracula? I haven't watched Blade Three, mm-hmm. so I can't say. I don't know. You, you didn't watch the Ryan Reynolds Blade movie? What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you? Uh, but like, it, it's just it was a fantastic show. It was very well written. Even the filler episodes still felt like they f- like fit in with everything else, and it was fantastic and left on such a huge cliffhanger that could have gone in so many directions and they're just like eh, nope show's over it's like mm-hmm. this isn't even a fox show what the fuck did you do 
It's uh, Dominic Purcell is is his name. Yeah. Uh, for me, if I wanted to bring back a show, it's very timely of this show. It, it was a show on CW called Containment, and it was about a viral outbreak in Atlanta and a quarantine. It was only one season as well. Really good show. Probably feeds into a lot of my anxiety over this virus in general, <laughs> but like very well done. And it kind of left off with like them finding a way out of the quarantine zone. And I'm, I was just like, oh, this is so good. I want to see more. And you just, it, it's not there. there. There's nothing there. It sucks. But I, I thought it was really good. And I, I want to see more of it. All right. Okay. I haven't seen either one of these shows, so I, I don't have much to add, but it sound, they sound like great programs. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> be brought back. I remember commercials for John Doe, and that did seem really cool. I just never watched it myself. My sophomore roommate and I turned it into a drinking game because I just started going back and watching old shows, and it's like every time you see something in color, fucking drink. Okay. And then there was one episode that was just like, every other thing and was like I, i've run out of captain morgan fuck my life <laughs> what show would you bring back sean i would bring back uh clone high nice mm. and because that show i used to watch it every single year just like once a year because it was only like 12 or 13 episodes i think it's mm-hmm. so good i bought it at the exchange once i found a dvd of it and i bought it and i watch it it's so good like criminally underrated. I don't know why. I guess it got canceled because it was. It's pretty weird. I it was, think it was also MTV, it's a right? Bizarre prank. Yeah. yeah. So like they they that was like during a time where they threw out a bunch of like little shows to see what stuck and nothing stuck. So they were yeah. only one season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a bummer. It's so good. It has basically everyone from Scrubs is in it. Oh, because they were. Uh, it was created by the dude that- who created Scrubs. And they were making it in the basement of the hospital that they filmed Scrubs in. Uh, they just nice. talked about that in uh, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. That Which I've been hearing about on the radio. It's it's such a good show. And uh, yeah, the reason they're all in it is because like the same guy made them both. And he was like, just do the sound studio downstairs where, that we're not using. And we have to rent out this hospital anyway. That's hilarious. Yeah. But great show. Recommend. Pretty easy to watch. Uh, it's funny. Wife's yeah. a big fan of that show. I, I I didn't watch it when it first came out, but she she informed me of it, and we we watched a couple episodes about a year or two ago. Uh, and it's 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 funny. It's a it's a very <laughs> quirky kind of weird show, and I like it. Uh, if I were going to bring back one show that that hasn't really uh, aired for, for a while, I, I honestly I thought about it. I'd bring back The Simpsons because The Simpsons, you know. <laughs> Having been about 20 years since The Simpsons been on the air, um, it's really high time that such a, a prescient, you know, forward-thinking show like them finally gets new episodes out. Okay, I'm done being a smart ass. Should, should, should we tell him? Should we tell him, guys? Uh, that show is as old as I am. Should we tell him that the, this show hasn't aired a legitimate episode in 20 years? Is that what you're saying? Um, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That is a spicy hot take. It's not that bad. I think we have a nostalgia for the episodes that were on at six, six and seven on Fox when we were kids. Yeah, that's you'd true. Watch it, you'd watch it late. We have a nostalgia mm-hmm. for all those great episodes, and they were great. You know, the um, monorail, all those episodes, dope as mm-hmm. hell. 
but mm-hmm. it's still good. It's watchable. It's still funny. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's not as good. Isn't they're not iconic, but it's it, it yeah. doesn't. I think there's there's a they, people shit on it because it's not what it used to be. It's and it definitely is not as good. There was a lot of depth to a lot of the episodes that if you didn't understand what they were, you could still watch the episode. But there's one episode that is legitimately just the Lord of the Flies in Simpsons. And yeah. and so there's so much depth to it. It's, I, I That's my favorite part of the Simpsons is there are so many niche jokes that if you mm-hmm. don't get it, fine. It fits. It doesn't sound weird. It's not awkward. I just think it's well written and... Mm so many levels yeah. you see their influences shine through in a lot of episodes yeah, and, and yeah. certainly I've, I've seen episodes in the last 20 years i'm not like you know i'm like oh, i haven't watched any of them like they're <laughs> they're 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 perfectly okay they're also like 95 percent of them are like simpsons by numbers like yeah. you see the characters Careful. become more of a caricature of themselves like lisa simpson was a genuinely interesting character and now she just seems to be like like the stereotypical, like shrill leftist, you know, political extremist. And Homer used to be like, you know, an idiot, but like, you know, had some nuance to his character and was supposed to trying to be a loving dad. Now now he became like jackass Homer. Yeah. He's Mm. an idiot and jackass and everything. Like you, you you take in the character, Ned Flanders, you know, is, has become, you know, the, the character, the caricature of every stereotypical super religious Christian, you know, it, you, you, they mm. took the characters to the extremes. That's just not as interesting to me. You are um, you're not. You're not wrong. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's okay. Mary yeah. and Jake. Mary never watched it when she was a kid, so she's watching it now, and she's liking it. And you mm. know what? That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give your best life. It's, yeah. it's nonsense. It's pleasant nonsense, and that's kind of what we need right now. Kind of. Yeah. yeah no. Absolutely. If, if I was gonna bring back like, a legitimate show, I I don't know. As far as shows that got canceled, like most of the shows that I enjoy, like seem to end at the right time. We, we were talking about Seinfeld before we started recording. Maybe Seinfeld, if only because, like, it's very, it seems very simple to be able to write. Because because Seinfeld was the show about nothing and because it was about, like, the way people interact and a lot of, like, the weird quirks about the way people interact. Like, you could do a lot of Seinfeld episodes now. There's, like, 15 Twitter accounts that are out based on, like, what if Seinfeld but today? Yeah. You know, so you could easily do it. And I think it would wind up being an entertaining show. But for the most part, the programs that I watch, they, they, they had their lifespan and that was good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if like, anything else, I would want a legitimate end to the original Full House series because they never actually got a legitimate finale. They mm-hmm. got canceled in their eighth or ninth season, at the end of their eighth or ninth season. But they kind of did that with the Fuller House new finale that just uh, recently went up on face, uh, Netflix a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess that's fine. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm. okay, Kay. okay. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna what do, you man? Do? I, 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 I was never a Full House guy. I don't have much to add. To I think the best, the, the the best kind of shows that ran for more than like one or two seasons. I, I guess, except for maybe Full House. I, honestly, I don't know how many seasons there are. But I think the my favorite shows that I look back on were complete stories, and they ended exactly where they needed to be. Right. And any, uh, I think an issue with a lot of shows is that they last longer because they're just trying to cash in, and it's just like, but you fucked it all up. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. fucking stop. Right. Yeah. The, with you, like my, my two favorite shows of the last like five or six years or so were Orphan Black and Mr. Rope. And yeah. and both of those, they they had a concrete 
tie up almost all the loose ends kind of ending and it was a self-contained story and I liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> What's the next question? <laughs> Sorry, I had to cough. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I had, next... I had a, a piece of like almond or something in the back of my throat. I agree, the sepsets. Next question would be great if we had a friend of the show and and, and visitor uh, uh, David Bennett to help answer. Who? Uh, question is truly hard Uncle seltzer Bennett. or white claw? Uh, hard, <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly, white claws trash. I, I don't know, man. There are no laws when drinking claws. <laughs> that's, that's true. I, I've heard. That's what I've heard mm-hmm. about the claws. Is that's the street claws they don't want to be told that they're garbage. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, Bud Light Seltzer beats both. Oh my god. I get listen, I, I that my immediate eye roll, to be fair, I haven't had it. So I, I can't really give an honest opinion on it, but but just the, the thought of it. Yeah, no, it, it, sure. it blew me away too, because I started with White Claw and I was like, I mean, this tastes mildly not gross. Mm-hmm. And I've had a truly and I was like, this tastes like nothing. Uh and then I had I, one of those salespeople in Wegman is like, we're we're testing this and we want you to fill out a questionnaire. And I was like, I will take your free alcohol, but I am probably the worst person to ask. And then I tried it and I was like, oh, I didn't want to vomit. And I told her that. And she's like, oh, what? <laughs> uh, I would have to say White Claw because A, as we said, there ain't no laws when you're drinking the claws. Mm-hmm. But also B... Uh, there is a band called Fire Deuce that is a side project of Travis Stever, lead guitarist of Coheed and Cambria, Hell who yeah. has a song called White Claw. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and it is ridiculous. So that's that. That's where I'm at with that one. Apropos of nothing, I want to rewrite Trogdor into White Claw, drunkenating <laughs> the country. <laughs> Continue. White Claw was a man. <laughs> Uh, I I don't I'm Switzerland on this I the I don't confront anybody who enjoys a hard seltzer if that's that's your thing or if that's what you do for a dietary reason it's not for me it's never really been my thing uh, if I'm drinking seltzer it's just seltzer uh, yeah I don't know I I I guess I'll go White Claw because of the Travis Stever connection sure <laughs> yeah I'm gonna go truly because I'm the Law and Order candidate. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I, <laughs> yeah, I don't, so I don't stupid. Do, <laughs> but I don't, I don't have any, yeah, I don't have any opinion on it. I don't, I don't really drink seltzers. Like as much as it is a bit that we drink rosé every time we're on the show, I usually will drink wine as opposed to anything else because it, it is the thing that upsets my stomach the least. And I think tastes the best. So yeah, seltzers. I I don't really see the point, but I will not begrudge you for drinking them because it's usually for either a dietary or some other reason. Yeah, so, as I, you referenced, right, Rich, for in front of the show, David Bennett was drinking uh, his his gallons and gallons of Truly uh, when he was on his keto diet. I'm not sure if he's still on that now, but I can tell you, I've still got Truly in my fridge from when he brought it over back <laughs> in, during football season. Yeah, that's gonna be for jorts, right? All right, well, we do shorts in person. I mean, maybe <laughs> short, short soul distancing. Email me short soul distancing. Yeah, just like mail me two cans, and then we'll just do like Zoom shorts. I don't know what birds have to do with this, but I'll try. <laughs> uh, this is two kids. This is funny. Uh, anyway, uh, any other uh, thoughts on this? 
Uh, truly, this is a tough topic to answer. <laughs> and White, White Claw, Claw, what can you do? White Claw, what are you going to do? Uh, Rich, uh, what do we got next? So the next question is, what was the last song you listened to? Hmm. What's the last song I listened to? Was it earlier today? This is tricky. Because um, I have music that I listen to when I'm I'm working, and I have music that I listen to when I'm like doing stuff around the house. If it was stuff that I was doing when I was around the house, it was probably... Wait, let me check my Shazam. Yeah. I Shazam something on my way home because I wanted to look at the lyrics. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm a, I'm a Soundhound guy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Meh. Shazam got to me because they they, they put a link. Like, way back in the day, uh, Shazam had like a like a X song limit per day or something like that, and it pissed me off. And so like nine years later, I still don't use it. So, uh, <laughs> I, I At one point, I did find that like Soundhound was better like at recognition like if i if i went to b-dubs or something like that shazam she's like there's too much noise and then <laughs> soundhound was like dude no it's clearly this uh and then at some point that was like three phones ago so now it's just shazam because it was already on my phone when i turned it on um so my last song was uh on the wings of love by jeffrey osborne because the only words I know are on the wings of love. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. So I wanted to see what the rest of the song was. <laughs> all right. Uh, Go ahead, George. I've I've been listening to a lot of podcasts anytime I'm doing yard work because since I'm not working, I don't actually get that podcast time. So mm-hmm. like I I haven't actually actively looked at new music to listen to, but looking on my phone the last song that i had looked up on there and played was a song called new soul by yao naim uh i i don't i can't get i can't tell you what it sounds like because i don't even know but i thumbs upped it so apparently i like it hmm. <laughs> all right cool the last song that i have listened to according to my my streaming service is uh don't bring me down by elo which is a fucking great song. Mm-hmm. Don't nice. Bring me down, Bruce. Uh, and I do remember putting that on earlier today. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I was on the yellow kick. I don't know why. <laughs> I, 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 I was playing my yellow card uh, playlist for a while before I started getting back into podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. But that was like two months ago. I, Richie, I just looked up your uh, new soul song. I guarantee all of us have heard this. We just did not know who sang it. <laughs> and, and I think that's what it was. It just came across and I was like, what the hell is this? It, it, it's and just I, like such a chill song that I probably would have been like, it, if you would ask me who sang it, I would probably would have said like, eh, I don't know, Sarah Bareilles. Like it, it, it's in yeah. that genre. Yeah. And it, it's, it is. It's a chill song and it's just nice and fun. And yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I listened to either because I don't remember. I listened to "Slaughtered" by Pantera while I was changing Alice's diaper. Clutch. <sighs> and I don't remember if it was that or I was listening to. There's a cover of "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road" by uh, a singer called uh, Yola. That's so mm. good. Um, and I was listening to that while I was doing some work. 
So it was one of those. I don't remember if I listened to Slaughtered when I was changing her before bed <laughs> or if it was earlier in the day. <laughs> but uh, it was, it, so it was either <laughs> Goodbye Yellow Brick Road or Slaughtered. Uh, Just, they are two, very three. opposite. Opposite ends. <laughs> and I Listen, love it. Yes. It's slaughtered, great. So Slaughtered is on Pantera, Far Beyond Driven. And, and Far Beyond Driven holds a special place in my heart for a number. First of all, it's a really good album. But it's got the most audacious song of all time, in my opinion, in terms of heavy metal, which is Good Friends and a Bottle of Pills, um, <laughs> which is just noise. Uh, but it features the opening line from Phil Anselmo, which is just, I fucked your girlfriend last night, which is the most audacious opening to a song <laughs> that I've ever heard. And it just goes from there. And, and not only that, but he goes and then into excruciating detail about how he did, in fact, fuck this guy's girlfriend <laughs> for like two and a half minutes. And it's just noise in the background. I'm like, boy, this is the, the move that you make when you realize that you can just do whatever the fuck you want and have a metal band. Um, Slaughter is a great tune. That's a, a very good album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's yeah. the last songs we listened to. Yeah, that's yeah. it, man. What are you going to do? Music. <laughs> yeah, ELO. We got Pantera. We got some weird stuff. <laughs> uh, what's our next yeah. question, Rich? Next question. Uh, when was the last time you had to speak in front of a group? Welcome to the Brose Podcast. <laughs> as always on Apple Podcast. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm speaking from a group. I a college during public speaking class or something like that. Like, I've I've never had a job that I had to make presentations or anything for, so I never really had to prepare anything or speak in front of someone unless I was asking a question during a meeting at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. I, I I'm normally the the, the voice in my family of you guys are not doing the right thing and maybe we should stop, but they tend to not listen to me anyway. And it's usually via text. So it, it doesn't matter. Mm. For me, it's literally every morning. Oh yeah. Yeah. um, For the most part, I, I start my days at nine o'clock and for our team, uh, as of end of January, so like two weeks after I started, so I clearly it's my fault. Uh, we started doing what's called a scrum meeting, mm. and I was as soon as they said it, I was like, "So who's the rugby fan?" And everyone's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, <laughs> huh? "Why is this a thing?" But more or less, it's just everybody goes over what did you do yesterday, what are your goals today, and and not like just like, well, here are all the things I'm working on. It's like, no, what are you doing today? Uh. And what are your blocking points that either somebody else in the team can help you resolve or like you need to escalate and or or just general like here's all the shit I already have on my plate. But here is a major problem that like at some point needs to be resolved. And I have no idea how the fuck we're going to manage that. So so literally every morning I I do that for myself, but also depending on who's present at the meeting. I run said meeting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's an element of that for sure. Like, Yeah. Yeah, like it, it depends on the job. I mean, mm-hmm. like if you got a job like that, you're going to be doing it like every day or like every week or something along those lines. and Or you might have something like where a job like Rich has where it's like, okay, your job doesn't really necessitate that. So 
when are you really going to do it unless it's outside of, of working hours? So yeah. What about you, Sean? Um, I've had to give a couple of trainings at my job, like, uh, and that's that's pretty much it. And honestly, it hasn't been in front. I don't think I've spoken in front of like an actual live group of people in a really long time. I don't, not since hmm. college, probably. Because hmm. because that all the trainings I've done have been on like via Skype or whatever. I haven't had to. That's wild. Now that I think about it, I haven't had to yeah. speak in front of a group of people in so long. I wonder if I'd be good at it now. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be great. Probably, probably not. But yeah, I think um, the last time, so the documentary, so the the independent documentary that I helped out with when they find when it's finally premiered under pressure, the hidden story of pregnancy and preeclampsia. Um, the, uh, the, the professor that worked on it, Dr. Christine Weatherston had me and like one other person who helped her out throughout the course of the project to come up and, and speak. And really I answered like one question about fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, that was about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. maybe a little, maybe about a year ago. So, so, um, that was probably the most recent time that I did something public speaking related. Otherwise it's been, you know, there was a development program that I did public speaking for at work. Um, you know, I was in grad school, I had to present several times, but you know, it, we're, we're looking at like a year and a half to two years ago at this point, my job doesn't, this, I'm the new guy at my job. So they're not really going like, Hey, new guy, go ahead and teach us something. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so they, yeah, come on, noob. Tell us what you want. You, you came from another job. Tell us all the secrets. Um, yeah, no, no one hour meetings like Casnell presentation on bullshit, uh, <laughs> showing up on outlook. So, uh, so I haven't had to, had to do so in a while for a, for a professional, uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I'm super um, jealous at that point. Cause like literally week three, they're like, you own this meeting now and you're in charge. I'm like, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're still going in. I think part of it is also like, there, there's not as much, uh, specialization on my group as there might be for, for your team. Um, and also two weeks after I started the job, they, they told everybody to go home. So, uh, so yeah, they, 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 it's like, everybody just work from home from now on. So they're like, they're, they're, they're still impressed that I like know how to turn on the computer in the morning based on, based on the development that I've had. So go home. I, Kaz you know, is here. Clearly we don't need to be here. Everybody right. calm down. Kaz Nell's got this under I, control. I tell you, it's going to be wild next week getting training mm. all via the internet on a topic mm. that I don't really know much about. Yeah. Yep. Gotta keep focused, man. Yeah. Keep locked in. Turn off YouTube and Reddit. L- luckily, luckily, uh, 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 what is, what's it called? Um, critical role comes back in two weeks and not mm-hmm. next week. So I should, I should have it all down pat by the time I can watch it on, on the Monday after they come back. Mm-hmm. That's honestly, I'm, so I'm kind of intermittently looking for a new job. And that's one of the things I'm most worried about right now, because every place in my field is closed or working from home and going in, like, I feel like it's so hard to convey tone when you're not in the room with somebody. Mm-hmm. And if I had to learn a whole new thing and ask questions with it's so, I would be so anxious the whole time about not coming off like either a dumbass. Or a smart ass. Douchebag. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just want to know. I'm trying to learn. And I'm, like, I'm an auditory learner. Like, I need you to tell me how to do stuff Mm -hmm. in order to learn it. I'm not great if you just write it down because I'll forget. 
but like uh like i would i am that's something that i worry about a lot because i feel like i'm i'm always mary told me recently like i was writing an email in which i was legitimately happy that someone had helped me out on something like they had pointed out a mistake that i made and i was legitimately like thank you for pointing that out because that was a mistake that i made but i couldn't figure out how to write it in a nice way to be to seem sincere and not be like well thanks for pointing that out i mean now i feel like mm-hmm. an idiot and so i went through like so many drafts of this, stupid, <laughs> this, this like two sentence email and then mary was like that's how women feel all the time <laughs> like it's that just makes like a every lot of single sense. thing they said they said because because then i read the email that the person had sent to me it was uh this this woman in poland and she was like and she had like written like a smiley face and like, Hey, hope you're doing okay. And like exclamation point. But like, she was just telling me I did something wrong, but it was like so over the top. Like I'm happy to talk to you. And I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, so it doesn't not... seem like she's fucking yelling at you yeah, exactly. without an exclamation point. Exactly. Doing everything possible to like soften the blow. Yeah. Like in because, some way. Yeah, yeah. So that I don't, I don't be like, Oh, what a, you know, what a bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it's, it's hard because you, you do discern at some points, like they're, they're, you know, I interacted with somebody earlier this week and he had a couple emails he sent back. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, that could tell me he was like pissed off about what I told him. Like, like he's asking a question like, when's this going to be done? And I said, I set expectations. He's like, okay, thanks. I'm like, you're not thanking me. Like, you're not happy. Like, yeah, I, I, listen, man, I'm not dumb. I know that you're not pleased about what I just told you. And, and you then in turn, because you you know that you can interpret that from other people's messages, you in turn then think, well, what am I conveying when I write this message? Yeah. And, and as you said, you know, women probably deal with this a lot more than men do, but, but it is just, I think it's just a general, yeah. I think it's more of a millennial thing. Yeah. Like I do think, it, I do genuinely think that is a millennial, like Gen Zer kind of thing where you're like, you, you go through your messages with a fine tooth comb and be like, okay, if I put this punctuation here, or word it in this way. What are the six different ways that this could be interpreted? And then yeah. you drive yourself crazy. And then you start a podcast about drinking. But, <laughs> but but even outside of the the textual of like emails, like I have a meeting with two guys that work off site, and, and we don't see each other. It's just vocal and us looking at the same Excel sheet and document and blah 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 blah. And like e- even trying to convey shit that way is so fucking painful. It's like I say something and it, and they're just like answer question Q, which I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And like, well, this, this is I was like, dude, no, we're on point A. You're talking about a completely unrelated alphabet. Like what? what, what? It's Q. That's and, way later. And, now. and, and <laughs> I was like, OK, well, let me reword this. Try to be more focused. And then he keeps doing the same thing. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, man, that's, that's the like, underrated oh. part of the uh, the work from home or remote or anything like that is like, yeah, it, it, there's definitely going to be an element of like businesses moving more towards the work from home yeah. and work from remote thing as a result of this. But there is definitely that element of like you're losing the interpersonal connection. And like, even if you're just looking at an Excel spreadsheet, there is an element that it makes it easier for you to describe it in person than it is for you to try and do it over the phone or over Skype or something like that. Well, yeah, because you can you have your face and your, you know, your gesticulations to be able to be like this is how I feel about this. And you can, you can soften mm-hmm. the blow so much more easily by just smiling when you're talking or yeah. my face yeah. says, what the fuck are you talking about? But I don't actually have to say that, but yeah, you, but you get it that you're making zero sense. Yeah. yeah. You can feel it. And that's, yeah. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think enough. working from, yeah. Working from yeah. home is, is nice in theory, 
but there are a lot of drawbacks that I, I honestly didn't think about when I had worked from home before, like this kind of long-term thing, there are a lot of things that you don't really take into consideration, like how much you get from just seeing people and talk and yeah. being able to, even just being able to go over to someone else's desk and be like, I have a small question because I feel like I'm inconveniencing them when I send an email about something stupid, but I don't feel dumb walking over and being like, Hey, I have a five second question, answer it and I'll leave. And then we go, we move on. There's not a paper trail yeah. of me being a dumbass. Yeah, there's a formality <laughs> to like sending a Skype message or like an email being like, hey, I got a question for you that like if you just knocked on their, you know, it's like, hey, can I get your thoughts on this or your opinion? It's a lot different just like knocking on their, their cube, uh, their cube wall and being like, yo, can I give you a second as opposed to being like, good afternoon, Michael. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like the, the inner message, the inner office, like messaging stuff, whether it's Teams, Skype, whatever you use, like that, that's great. But then when somebody's working, you know, they're working from home and you like message them and then you email them or and, and, and you still don't get a response. It's like, dude, I know you're not in a meeting because your shit would have changed to saying you're in a meeting. So what the fuck are you doing? Answer my question. Yeah, yeah. yeah you become the, the, the Skype, the Skype uh, dictator where you're just like, excuse me, you've been away or idle <laughs> for 15 minutes. Yeah, uh, It's only 10 in the morning, buddy. Where are you well, not, at? Not even that. It says they're online. And it says they read your message because it changed from a checkmark to an eyeball. Oh, and it's yeah, like, so you saw my shit. What the fuck are you doing? That yeah. is, that How is dare an you extremely me millennial problem to <laughs> yeah. be like navigating the check marks of like you get the read receipt yeah I, I do consider that a personal affront like there's one person on my team who's a very nice woman but she like requires the read receipt on her emails and i f- consider that a personal affront yeah i always say every I'm time leaving you in the dark if you're putting it on yeah. an email suck a dick yeah. yeah you know you know who else had that when i uh when i worked in the same building as them my father <laughs> big Ron. Yeah, oh, big Ron. Ron was asking for a read receipt, and I very often just click no. Not not out of spite, but just because I was it was instinctive. I'm like, nah, I, I, yeah. I want to. It's not a I'll thing that I when do you, when I've read this. There message. are so few situations in which I will say yes to the red receipt because it's important. Yeah. It's important <laughs> that they know that I saw it, even if I don't have to answer. And that's that's kind of like right. liking a Facebook status for me sometimes when you're like, all yeah. right, I saw it, um, but I'm not going to, or like a response to your status. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to take the time out of my day to respond to you. Cause but it's I like, cool. You. Yeah. But I'm yeah. acknowledging yeah. it. There's typically an inverse proportion. Like the, 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 the people who are most likely to put read receipts on their emails are the people that are the least likely to have emails that are worth sending a read receipt for. <laughs> um, so the same way, the same way that if you have somebody who uses the, the urgent or the exclamation point on their outlook emails, the, the people who use that the most often are the people who at least likely have something that's urgent. Truly. Like it's a sliding scale. The people who have the most urgent emails I've ever gotten that are professional related or anything like that. No, no exclamation point. You know how I know it's urgent? Cause it's cause I'm a fucking human being and I can read an email <laughs> subject line and I can read like, Oh, I, I see what level this person is. And I see what the subject is. This is important. I should read it. I don't need an exclamation point. Or a dialogue box that says, "Hey, remind Jenny that she read that you read her email." Like, I, you don't need that if it's actually important. I, yeah. I actually got like had to have a sit down conversation with somebody else, their boss and my boss, because I used because I used that and more or less like escalated to their boss and like I think this was unnecessary. Blah blah blah. I was like, dude, look at the chain. There are seven emails that you did not respond to over the course of three weeks. And I needed this answer two weeks ago. Right, right. So I tried to not be a douchebag and go over your head. So now you're trying to make it seem like I'm the bad guy when you're just clearly not doing your job. 
But this all uh, this all started with when's the last time we talked in front of people, right? I was about to say that was yeah. the last time we all spoke in public. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's move on. Yeah, uh, what, Rich, what, what do we got next? What are you gonna do? Uh, hey, do the next, next question. That's what the cookie crumbles. That's what we're gonna the do. Next question. Uh, is Harry Potter canceled because of J.K. Rowling's transphobic comments? No. That's submitted by Emily Cooper. No, I'm, Harry Potter's canceled because it's been 20 years and y'all should read a new book. <laughs> <laughs> this is a related question. J.K. Rowling aside. This is a related question to something we've answered before on whether the art or the work put forth by somebody is still valid, whether that that person and their personal beliefs is garbage or this, that, and the other thing. I think... I. My answer is no. Like Harry Potter is not canceled. J.K. Rowling, you can have your opinion. I'm not going to weigh in on that because I I just don't think I know enough and I have not read enough. So that mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable answering that question. But even on stuff, I can't think of who we've talked about before. I'm a bottle in. But um, <laughs> no, the the art and the work is the work. You do not judge it based on who wrote it, or you shouldn't judge it based on who wrote it, because if you're doing that, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. You can write garbage, and it can be... Edgar Allan Poe can write garbage, and it's still fucking garbage. You can't say it's gold just because Poe wrote it. So if, if the work itself has inspired a generation and a half, or two generations, whatever. So it's mm. still super well-written. There's still a lot in it. The anecdotes and like Twitter bullshit that she's added to it, pandering at best, go fuck yourself, honestly. But it's that that's it. The work is the work. And anything else and any transphobic comments or anything she else does, fuck the person. The work is great. Yeah, like I'm not gonna scoff at someone if they sit here and tell me that they're still a Harry Potter fan, but I may not support further work from her whether it be harry potter or anything else like her herself yeah i don't like her i haven't liked her in years but i I don't hate harry potter yeah i think it depends on how much of the the author or the the creator's personality is is part of their work like we've talked about louis ck about uh, on this type of subject in the past and louis ck is a little bit different because a lot of his work is very personal uh involves a lot of like self-deprecation that winds up being very true because he's a shitty person (laughs) uh so it's it's a little bit different to look back at like his comedy or bill cosby's comedy or something like that and and say well you gotta separate the art from the artist because it's so immensely personal and because it's so it like that specific type of work is very darkened by the person's actual life but jk rowling she created a work of fiction she created a a grand fantasy uh that that lasted over the course of several books and movies and i don't think if you said hey did you know this person who created this is absolutely you know has some some strange opinions on on transgender people like i i yes i think you at that point you say okay you know not a big fan of the author but like the the fantasy world that she's created and what that meant to me growing up as a as a child as a as a potential writer themselves, I, I guarantee you that Harry Potter has inspired a, a generation of writers and a generation of artists. You know, I don't think you just immediately take that away and go, "Well, the inspiration for me pursuing the career that I did, or pursuing the the line of work that I did, or the studies that I did, is all for naught now because J.K. Rowling, old white person, has strange opinions on <laughs> transgender people." 
you know, it's, it just doesn't add up for me. It's, it's not personal in the way that other people's work is personal in the way that like a musician's work might be yeah. uh, a little bit more intertwined with their personal life or a comedian or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like going back to Louis CK real quick, he was in uh, parks and rec for a couple of episodes. I, I don't say, well, I can't watch Parks and Rec anymore because he was in it. I, yeah, he's a shitty guy and his, his comedy and, and, and stuff sucks. But I, I still am a fan of that show that he was in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think you it, it's kind of shitty to dismiss because for a lot, even a lot of the people, like I'm sure there are a lot of like trans people who really like Harry, liked Harry Potter. And like I, you can't. You can't discount the work. You also there's also an aspect of you have to you have to recognize there there are certain problematic elements to the books themselves. Like the only Asian character is named Cho Chang. Like that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah, like you like, couldn't phone in an Asian character more than going <laughs> Cho Chang. Yeah. yeah. So there 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 are problems with the work itself, but I think overall, like. The shit that she's saying now, she doesn't. There is no way to read those books and get that from them. So if you, I don't think the books are canceled. I think she should just you know fuck off and stop talking. Uh, but I, that's been my opinion for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think and this is this is this is your your corner right here. The yeah. J.K. Rowling corner is the Sean. Yeah, corner. she fucking sucks. I she just is. She's an old white person and. You know what are you gonna do? She's she's dumb and ir- irrelevant, basically in the space. You know what I mean? Like she has a huge platform, and that's bad that she's saying the things that she is. But she's irrelevant here. Like just she needs to shut up. Yeah. Everyone needs to stop listening to her. Um, I wish she wouldn't say the things that she's saying, but uh, you know, just you. I think we all just have to collectively be like, okay, fuck you, J.K. Rowling. You're not that important, but you've made a bazillion dollars. Just go live in your freaking mansion or whatever. Is anyone in a position here to articulate specifically what J.K. Rowling is saying? Because so, I, I've read briefly some of her comments, and but I'm not. Again, as Tim said, I, I don't feel comfortable having only scanned some of the work that she said to be like, so, oh, this is exactly what J.K. Rowling said. So, J.K. Rowling, and of course, I'm not the. I there are people definitely who can speak to this better than I can. But mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling is a turf, and what a turf is is a trans exclusionary radical feminist and what that means is they believe basically they believe that they would they would argue that trans women aren't women and that trans women inherently gain benefits from having been assigned male at birth so like being men we have benefits in the society that we live in and they would argue that because they are they were born with male genitalia they benefit from that and aren't included in the, uh, like, if you say you're a feminist, you're not including trans women in that because you're, you're saying they're not real women because they benefit from having been born, having been. Because they potentially have yeah. benefits of being a man for X number of years exactly. before they transition. And that's the problem is that you're invalidating a lot of the experience of being a trans woman. And you're, you're basically she's conflating sex and gender. And, you know, there's, that's a whole different argument that frankly, I nor Mm. any of us are really qualified to speak to, but that's like the nutshell version of it is that 
she's conflating sex and gender, saying that trans women aren't women, and mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people take issue with that, rightly so, and uh, right. it's unfortunate. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the term, term is jogging my memory. Jogging, I, I, I seem to recall that she also had some concern about like, well, if you, you like, if you're a parent. And you let your child transition and then they change their mind, you know, what, what do you do? And like, it is a very thorny issue that I think, you know, we've, we've talked a lot, Rich, you, you did an excellent job of bringing uh, other voices into the show about talking about subjects that we uh, are not necessarily qualified to talk about on our own. Uh, And I think that maybe by by bringing on uh, somebody who's who's a little more well-versed on the subject might be a better uh, way of going about this particular topic as well as many others, but but that's a good primer on, on why people are, yeah. Or up in arms again about JP, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. And also, the fact that you can say again about J.K. Rowling kind of just shows a lot about her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think in the past it was... I'm sure she's talked about this specific thing before. In the past it was much more like, like you said, I think it was the the, the, the gay baiting a little bit where it was like, oh, well, Dumble- I always thought Dumbledore was gay. Like, you know, retrofitting yeah. uh, identities onto characters that didn't exist just for, for scoring some points. Um, not good. Uh, I, I think that might be in a different class than potentially, like, dismissing uh, all of a particular group of human beings because <laughs> they were assigned a different gender at birth. Um, but this this does tend to happen with her a lot. Yeah. 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 This is tends to be the, the where there's smoke, there's fire. Like you keep stepping in it, eventually it just becomes who you are. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So she sucks. I mean, but again, it does not invalidate her the work itself because the work once the artist puts it out into the world, it is no longer theirs. Period. And yeah. Full stop. Mm-hmm. I like when when it comes to books, the publishing company more so gets the money from the book sales than she does. I think I'm not 100 percent sure, and yeah. and and especially on that note, we're do, we're looking at a current writer and current work that's a relatively current work. But if we were going to take the same magnifying glass and look at all of the renowned writers of the past, we're going to find maybe not the same clo- uh, same skeletons as J.K. Rowling, but we're going to find a lot of things that we've canceled other people for. And at that point, is it? Are, are we canceling the work to spite the person at the detriment of development yeah. of art and everything else? Well, that's and but 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 also we're not doing that. We're not going back and looking at any of these people that were so. To an extent, it's on. I don't want to say unfair because they need to be held accountable to what they're doing. But if we're going to do it, we got to do it to everybody. But the work mm-hmm. is the work, and I, I think yeah. that's different. No, I, I agree. I think because you have like um, people like H.P. Lovecraft created the horror genre as we know it, basically. And, uh, you know, like him being an incredible racist and shithead does not inv- does not make the works that he did any less important to where yeah. we are now. It just it just means that you have to take the work separate from him. Uh, I mean, you can also analyze the work with the through the lens of his intense racism. But like. I think there's a, I think you do have to, one of my favorite books growing up is, and still is Ender's Game, but uh, Orson Scott Card is a shithead. He's a bad person. Uh, he was, We've talked I mean, about this before. Yeah. And so you, ju- you really have to be able to separate the art from the artist, especially on stuff like this. 
that is important to a generation of people. It doesn't mean you should stop like Harry Potter, maybe stop supporting her, but you can still like the book. It's not, doesn't make you a bad person for liking yeah. the book. About you can pirate wizards. the fuck out of those books. Truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Pirating books. Piracy. Art. Great for art, bad for artists. Pirating mm-hmm. wizard books. Yeah. What do we got uh, next, Rich? Next question. Uh, what time did you go to bed last night? Too late. Uh, 3.42. That's the last time I remember seeing on the clock as I laid in bed, and then I woke My up like an hour just later. just hearing 3.42. <laughs> uh, Yikes. I think, I think I woke up from my quick nap at midnight and then went to bed. Hmm. Um, I think. I think like 11? I don't know. I think I had a migraine yesterday. And when I get migraines, sometimes they make me real sleepy. Mm-hmm. So I, I, think, I think I went to sleep at like 11. But I wake up, so I wake up at like 5.30 every day. So... I don't, I don't, I can't even, what sucks is I got into the habit of it. So now even if I go to sleep at like two o'clock in the morning, like on days after Brose, I will, I will have had a full bottle of wine and go to sleep at like one o'clock in the morning and I'll still wake up at five 30 and be like, well, gross. can't get back to sleep. That's gross. I do not envy you. Not That's bad. rough. Day after Brose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 11 usually about right for me. What, what time do you guys usually go to sleep? 30-ish. Uh, 11, 30, 12 o'clock, but it mm-hmm. depends on tiredness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, so Mary is uh, in grad school right now, so she has a ton of homework, and I don't like going up to sleep and just leaving her to do it, so I'll usually try to stay, stay downstairs with her most of the time, and a lot of times I will fall asleep like on the couch next to her, but I try to because I would feel bad just being like, and this doesn't involve me, so Deuces. fuck yeah, <laughs> I'm out. Peace uh, out. So I, I will go to sleep around eleven or midnight every night, mm-hmm. but that's because I wake because I wake up early. Like my body's just like stop, and then I yeah. fall asleep, and then I'll wake up, take the dog out, and go like go up at like right. one or two o'clock. But yeah, so I go to bed at like midnight at the latest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, eleven o'clock usually, ten thirty, eleven, depending on the night. Um, my wife will usually stay up a little bit later than me, at least recently, because she's going into work a little later. So I will fall asleep while she is playing Animal Crossing, uh, and then <laughs> that's kind of how it goes. Aww. But yeah, we're usually in bed by like ten thirty ish, and you know, I'm up by six o'clock the next morning. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> literally how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just how it goes. What are you gonna do? You're grown. You're a grown ass adult. Ten o'clock to eleven o'clock is about right for a weeknight, and it will get <laughs> earlier and earlier and earlier until you're waking up at three in the morning, like fucking Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Never gonna happen. I will either <laughs> still be awake, or I just won't wake up until the sun is up. I don't know, man. I can see you uh, doing the wake up at 2.30, uh, do the Mark Warburg schedule, wake up at 2.30, 2.45, say a quick prayer, dude. then you do your first workout, and then spend the next two hours in the hyperbaric chamber. <laughs> dude, waking up early today was like the most garbage thing I've had to do in a long time. And like, even days where I'm just like, I got to go in an hour early, 
I mm. can't fucking do it, and then I will be five minutes late. Is I, I just can't. I'm incapable, <laughs> and I don't go into. I don't have to start work until nine. So like, I have zero reason that I can't go in earlier. It's not even that early. I just can't do it. The mm. worst part about knowing you have to wake up early is that it gives you anxiety the night before, so which don't screws sleep. with your ability to go to sleep. Because <laughs> yeah. you're just like, oh my god, I have to wake up like in two days. <laughs> I have to wake up early on Thursday, so I can't sleep on Tuesday. Oh god. If I fall asleep now, I'm going to get 12 hours of sleep. Is that enough to wake up on time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Shit, no way. Man. <laughs> uh, conversely, if you, uh, conversely, I have found that if I get stirred awake at like 4 in the morning and I don't have to be up till 6, it's like the best feeling on the planet. <laughs> like it, like that that feeling is probably what like crack cocaine is like. I've never I've never done cocaine. crack, but like waking up at four in the morning and realizing that you have like another ninety to to two ninety minutes to two hours of sleep is just like oh. yeah, it's amazing. If you could if you could bottle that, I'd pay twenty dollars a bottle for it, <laughs> hands down. Uh, what do we got next, Rich? Do we have any more? Uh, yeah, we've got three more. Uh, next oh my week. god! <laughs> oh no! <What>? Next, <laughs> next the name one of the is... game tonight is sidetracked. We uh, did spend like forty minutes talking about like work. Yeah, <laughs> but but luckily a few of these, or at least this one's quick. I haven't seen the like, other. What's two. your name? Can we like <laughs> ripple off? My name is Purple. Let's go. <laughs> what, uh, uh, what is the best room in your house, and why? My bedroom, because that's where the magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> Bedroom. It's where I pass out, and it's comfy, and it's cold, and I love it. Also, my wife is there sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'll say the kitchen, uh, because the kitchen is close enough to my bedroom. Uh, but no, no, screw it. I'll say my our bedroom because our bedroom uh, has a television in it with the switch. Um, it's got my laptop in it. Uh, it's it's like steps away from the kitchen so we can get food whenever we want um our ba- our, our ground floor is is the best room for entertaining and i genuinely love that room our den uh with the, with the tv and the, and the video games and the guitars and everything um but the most comfortable room in the house is our bedroom because of the because of the cloak's proximity to the kitchen and the fridge and all of the uh, the necessities mm-hmm. Mine's, yeah i think it might the be this, this room <laughs> The sunroom. The sunroom that I'm in right now might be the most comfortable room in the house. Mm. Because it's it's the only room in my house that isn't loud. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. The, the few times <laughs> the few times I've been to your place, that's where Sounds we like end up congregating. Your children, but okay. Yeah. But like this is the this is the room I can go to when I'm like really um when I'm really like, if it's stressful in the rest of the house and like the rest of the house gets cluttered because we have two kids and dogs mm. and like, mm. so like messes just happen and it was just Alice's birthday. So shit's everywhere. But this is the only room that's like a consistent level of messy that I can deal with. And I can just mm-hmm. like come out here. It's calm. There's a right. nice fan mm-hmm. and it's just, <laughs> uh, so it's just always, it, this is the, like the calm room. Mm-hmm. Nice. No, there's no dogs barking. It's dope. This is the this is the room I can come to kind of like wave off everything else that's fucking going on. This mm-hmm. is it. Nice. That is nice. 
I like the office in our, our house too, where we recorded Brose. But the problem is, this is also where I work now, and so once you start <laughs> working in a particular room, it, you, you sort of like I do everything in my power to avoid this room now when I don't have to be in it because of the <laughs> fact that like I spend you know nine hours a day in this room doing my job. So mm-hmm. it's like I try to I'm I it's an immense challenge nowadays, but I still try to have that divide between like I am at work and I am not at work. And it is hard to do when, you know, one of my favorite rooms in the house, the office with, you know, the brose stuff. And I've got some some music stuff up here. I've got uh, the computer. I can play games up here. I've got some books, you know, but my work laptop's up here. So I just try to have that dividing line. So that's screwing with me a little bit, too. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Next. We're good. All right. Next question. Yes or no and why? This is submitted by Siobhan Keller. The invention of the freezer gave women more time away from the kitchen and allowed for them to re-enter the workforce. Yes or no, and why? <laughs> Wait, are we asking what? if Wait, that was an, so, so... an impactful device? The, the question is, yes or no, and why? And the statement is, <laughs> the invention of the freezer gave women more time away from the kitchen and allowed for them to re-enter the workforce. Fuck, There's I don't an know. element to me, there's a small, like, frat boy element to me that thinks this is a trick question. Like, <laughs> I feel I'm like you're just like... trying to make us look like a bunch of testosterone jock dude douchebags. Yeah, what this question is saying to well, me is, like, Gr- Gloria Steinem any different from a freezer like is it the same thing well like like, i I, yeah i agree with you matt because if you say yeah gave the if you say yes it means that they always spent their time in the kitchen if you say no it means you're saying that they don't spend enough time in the kitchen now like Uh, and that's not what we're saying that's not what we're here for so i I (laughs) just i disagree i think i think if you were to say yes it's that because you were able to freeze Especially meals. So you could freeze a meal. You could make dinner for the week and then freeze it and then reheat it. It would save time. So you're not constantly like you could women who gen, who generally would uh, like traditionally would make mm-hmm. meals would be able to kind of front load that time and then be able to leave as opposed to having to make that dinner every single night. So you're like, okay, I'll make a five, I'll make three, a three hour dinner, but I can portion it out and then we won't have to deal with it as much. Or it didn't really matter. Basically, I think is the no. It's like, my, it, my, it didn't really have an impact. My, my leaning is towards no in that scenario only because like, I, I feel like depending on the time period, I will not claim to know the 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 social the social timeline of the freezer. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is, I, I feel like depending on the time frame when the, the freezer was invented and all this that stuff, like if if you're the traditional like you know housewife of the the fifties or what have you, um, and you're you're cooking stuff and you're putting in the freezer, the societal expectation is well now you have more time to do like other shit around the house. So I don't think that the the expectation would be that the 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 woman would have more time to go out and do other things and actually ex- and actually support the world as a human being that they would still be expected to do the same amount of stuff at home. So so a so here here is a little bit of history for you. 
According to Wikipedia, artificial refrigeration began in the mid-1750s and developed in the early 1800s. In 1834, the first working vapor compression refrigeration system was built. The first commercial ice-making machine was invented in 1984, and in 1913, refrigerators for home use were invented. So that was the first fridge. Yeah, so I would argue, then, that it didn't... Or it may have had like a slight impact at the beginning, but I think I don't know when like frozen. You're still looking food... at like sixty six, sixty ish years before. Yeah. So I think I don't think I I would say no, just because the timeline doesn't really make sense to me. I I don't think it hurt mm-hmm. for sure, but I think I think it was more like uh, women's lib in like the sixties. I'm on board to agree. I, I feel like it would yeah. be more of a supplemental, like it's helping in the motion. But, yeah, I, but I don't as I don't far think... as it as as far as a significant driving force, I don't think it was impactful by any means. So mm-hmm. you said at home refrigerators were nineteen thirteen. World War One started in nineteen fourteen, and I think generally around then was when women entered the workforce because all the men were going over to fight the war in general. So I yeah I think based on the or timeline, privates. what's that? Fight the war in general or as privates? Yeah, um, I think Bad yeah. Joke, it, I get based it. on based on the timeline, I'm I'm agreeing with you guys. It just it wouldn't it wouldn't have well, made that much oh, of a freezers difference. were 1940. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's when frozen foods became commonplace. So I think I mean it it, it didn't. I think it, it, it's more the frozen foods than the freezer. Which I guess mm-hmm. is like one, you know, one led to the other. But I think it's frozen foods, which took less time to, like, you have a frozen meal, you can make it quickly. You don't have to make it. Like, exactly. You don't have to so I think, yeah. I, I think that's, I think it helped. As we've said, I think it helped. I think it was kind of a, it was fortuitous that it was happening around the same time as like the women's lib movement was, was picking up. But I don't think it, I, I think it was helpful, but not necessary mm-hmm. yeah i just think it's strange that the fridge is starting yeah, it was invented uh became mass-produced right before world war one and the freezer became mass-produced right in the midst of world war ii seems to me <laughs> like this is a cause of like a great international strike we have to have another world war so we can have our next kitchen innovation which is in my opinion a microwave but for making things cold <laughs> i cannot tell you how many fucking times my dad has brought that up He's yeah, like, Let me get, let's make a microwave, <laughs> but for making things cold. That's, that is not when, how that like works. My college radio show partner, Matt Stanzak, and I had talked about the, talked about this several times, like our sophomore year of college. This is like 11 years ago at this point. We've been railing in favor of the, the reverse <laughs> microwave for a long period of time. And listen, it's 2020, and I'm sorry, Bill Gates. I know that you're focused on... Oh, it's a pandemic. Listen, man, you know it's a pan. You know it's a real uh, worldwide scourge. My inability to freeze an iced tea within seconds. Let's get a little bit of that Microsoft money towards us. I, I want to turn my Coca Cola Classic into a slushy by putting it into the Insta freezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, just just uh, pop it in there. Beep, thirty seconds. <laughs> Apparently, it's like a, something something molecular. Like it takes forever to to slow down molecules, and it's easier to speed them up and to slow them it, down or something it like is that. so much easier easier to add energy to a system than it is to remove energy to a system which is heating up versus mm-hmm. cooling down 
That's a really fancy uh, set of excuses you've got right there. Listen, <laughs> I took thermodynamics twice. <laughs> uh, what's, what do we got now, Rich? The final question uh, for this session, uh, submitted by John Tersich. By the way, it's like Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Why are so many baby boomers bad cooks when their parents were much better cooks? I have not run into this issue, so I can't really. Because their parents taught them to cook with mess kits. <laughs> um... Well, I think it's like my grandma. My my parents were decent cooks, but my grandma was so much better at it than them. Hmm. Like I'm not my my mom and dad very good cooks. My grandma, a plus cook. Hmm. Just like absolutely knocked it out of the park. I I really I'm trying not to be like my mom sucked at cooking because and my dad, but it's it's because that's, that's not the case. They made very good meals that were very tasty. But like my well, I think part of it a little bit is, um, for me anyway, my grandma was an immigrant, so she was closer to the original recipe than my parents are. Mm-hmm. So like she would she would make like real legitimate authentic Italian food, and my parents are like a step removed from that. I, 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 I can, I, I think you're on on the on a, on the right track, and and I'm gonna try to feed into that more, that the fact that uh like the their my grandparents and their parents they actually didn't have as much uh uh like freeze dried or dried or or non perishable food as our parents did mm-hmm. and therefore like they had the better food because they always got the fresh stuff whereas like our parents and the baby baby boomers tended to get like uh, let's just get the dried pasta off the shelf and not make it ourselves or let's just get this off the shelf and and not like let's let's buy the 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 mixture of italian seasoning instead of making your own type of thing mm-hmm. so that that might that might play into it as well i i think that's a good point and i think it also depends on the recipe so if it's stuff that needed to be me needed to be made completely from scratch like making your own pasta or or making your own breads or something along those lines i think that's an important factor to consider um but for a, a lot of recipes that maybe don't do that and i actually had to do this last week and i think this is a great example is uh, or a contributing factor is uh we were trying to use uh my mother-in-law's coleslaw recipe but the coleslaw recipe was kind of like shred the cabbage how much cabbage Eh. Mm -hmm. so it's like we did half a head of cabbage and it's like so do we do half a head do we do a full head blah blah and it was just like shred cabbage okay so we did half a head of cabbage and then she's like start with a heaping tablespoon of uh, two heaping tablespoons of mayonnaise. It's like, like a legitimate tablespoon or just a huge fucking spoon you have in your drawer. Like my version of heaping or your version of heaping, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 all this other stuff. And it's like, and then you just adjust to taste. So that that it's like is a lot to do with experience. So two generations back, their adjust to taste was like. We know exactly what this recipe is supposed to be. We know exactly how this, and and we know the like, this much of this is going to do this. 
Exactly, like to a T. Yeah. And then it's just like you remove that with a separate set of test taste buds and they're going to do something slightly different. And then me making this coleslaw, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to add to this. Like, do I put more sour cream? I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, I know what tastes good and I know what doesn't taste bad or what doesn't taste good. I don't know how to make one into the other. Uh, so that could be it. A lot of it was less of a like, here is the step by step measurement, my measurement recipe. And a lot of them used to be just like we wing it. Mm-hmm. But my the the wing it of two generations ago was significantly more consistent because they knew exactly what it was supposed to be. Whereas mm-hmm. everything after that is kind of like a, uh, a step away representation of trying to achieve it, but not quite yeah. knowing it because they were told to wing it. Well, because and I think it's also because two generations ago we had you had to make the food yourself, whereas. Like you have, if you're making that coleslaw, you have to make it like every single week because that's all there is. Yeah, and you have to make the mayonnaise. You have to mix the oil and the eggs. Yeah, yeah. And but for our parents, we had, and for us, we have an out where we can like get freeze like frozen stuff. And so there are days where we don't have to make we don't have to make dinner really. Just throw it in the oven, and then you have food. Whereas, whereas you know, you had to make your own food. You didn't have like you didn't have food that was prepared so you had to make it yourself and that's how you get that taste where you're like i know exactly like if i pour the oil for this much amount of time that's perfect amount and then you just write pour oil for a perfect amount of time and so you kind of lose you're going to lose stuff because you're not doing it every single which is also part of the fact that we had somebody at home all day long and they could take all day to make a dinner for seven people or five (laughs) people it whereas as people were both parents were working. Um, then you have the issue of like, well, well, now we have significantly less time to produce similar results. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And there's definitely a, 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 a perhaps I'm prescribing values to, to cooking that don't necessarily mean uh, that don't necessarily apply. But, but I do think there's an element of like, especially if, if you were the, the, the greatest generation or, or a generation that survived the great depression, there is definitely an element of like, I don't want things to be as, as difficult for my children as they were for me and if that comes in the form of like hey here's a frozen dinner or hey here's a simpler recipe or something like that maybe that's the the value that you ascribe to your children is like hey here's the easier way of doing things it's okay to do that because this is you know the the new generation or this is the united states and you know this is the, the things are getting better and this is the way things are getting better is things are easier you don't have to spend all day grinding pasta and you don't have to spend all day coming up with this mm-hmm. spice combination or something like that, you know, because we worked hard and we wanted to give this to you. Uh, again, this is a, this is a, a bit of a, a loose connection of, 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 <laughs> of values here that I think maybe are more applied to like uh, the rest of life than to cooking. But I do think that there is an element of like, you want to make things easier for your kids and they don't want, you don't want them to have to go through the quote unquote, the same things that you did. Um, and so, you know, make things easier by you know making it easier for them to cook so yeah. either that or just we managed to look into a bad generation of cooks uh except for my mother who makes the best pancakes <laughs> <laughs> is that where you learned it from yeah man that was uh, the only thing i could make until 
I, I mean, listen, depending on your, your opinion, it's still the only thing I can make. <laughs> that's but, where I was uh, going to go. But uh, depending on your opinion, but it's the only thing I could make until I was like 12 years old was like, oh, I can make pancakes, man. I can make a fucking great pancake because my mom taught me. Besides that hot chicken that gave me heartburn for three and a half days. Listen, man, I just think that that's, that's, I think that's a, that says more that's about a you than your inability to handle some delicious fucking hot chicken. It was delicious and I couldn't stop right eating it. Yeah, listen, was six tablespoons of cayenne pepper a little bit much? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> nope. But that's what Chef John told me to do, so. Uh, dude, Nashville hot chicken is so good. Oh, oh man. Man, uh, authentic Nashville hot chicken. Do we have any more questions? Get... I think we're done. We're, we're done. Those are the questions. Do you want to hear me talk about hot chicken some more, or do you want uh, somebody have a take? I, I can I can do a take, and Let's I'll try it, to man. make it quick. Let's do it. Um, It's the Sweeten Show, baby. <laughs> the sweet show. Uh, so obviously, uh, even though you're going to hear this two weeks after I'm going to say it, we're most likely still in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, and if you end you're up seem getting stupid when the vaccine comes out next week, <laughs> uh, if Boy, you Rick, end up, if you end up getting into a Facebook, and I'll say it lightly, discussion. It's definitely an argument with me about the the, the 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 COVID in general, procedures that you have to take and whatnot. And your response is one of the three following. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> and those three following are, you can't live in fear. If I die, I die. And the worst one, you can't stay inside forever. Because number one. Yes, I, I can. can number <laughs> one, I, I can live in fear. That's what anxiety is. And number two... We have nothing to fear but fear itself and also death. We might also all die. Yeah. Number two, if you don't care that you die, doesn't mean I don't care that I die. And number three, I can fucking stay inside forever. (laughs) There's Postmates, there's Grubhub, there's all that shit. I never have to leave my house. But that's not what my arguments are. My arguments are, here's the science, here's the numbers... Take with that what you will. You should listen to doctors and wear a fucking mask or you'd be in the situation that I'm currently in right now. Mm-hmm. But but no, you're going to dismiss me. And I'm not saying these two arguments are the same, but I'm going to say this. And if you don't like it, please feel free to cut it out by saying any of those three responses to my COVID arguments is the, is in the same vein of saying all lives matter when we're arguing Black Lives Matter. You are being dismissive and you are not taking in all the facts of what's going on i so it's I a would, derailing opinion yeah i would i would i would say they're not quite the same but however i think it's you you are right you are right and i it is it is very difficult because every a lot of people are taking what's going on and ascribing the same thing you know it's i'm if you don't care if you live or die, that's fine, and that's your choice. You know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah. It's, I I don't agree with. I don't. You know. I think I wish you the best, but that's that is legitimately a fine point to take. And it, it yes, your body, your choice, one hundred percent. The problem is that it's not about you. Yeah. It's it's not about wearing a mask does not protect you. If I go out and hang out with a bunch of people and I'm the only person wearing a mask, I am at risk. Everyone else is not at risk from me. And so yeah. I think I think that's 
that's what we're running into. And one of the biggest problems is that it's so difficult to be empathetic this far into a quarantine. And I'm, I'm not trying to give people who are being like Rich said, like who are saying those things, I'm not trying to give them an out. I think they're shitheads. However, I understand where they're coming from because it is so hard to think I'm upset because I don't get to do anything. You're telling me that I can't go outside. I can't do what I want, which is what I'm used to. I've been doing that for my whole entire life. The last time we had something like this come up was in the twenties. Yeah. You know, it's no one alive right now. Pretty much remembers what it was like back then. It's the same thing as people, you know, railing against vaccines because they don't remember what polio was like. It's just, we are so far removed from that now that we can't, I, people just, America's not built for empathy. The, in our country, it's just built, it's built for, for money. Exactly. It's built for yeah. immediate gratification. It, it's built for, uh, you know, uh, just self gratification and, Generally, that's fine, and I don't give a shit. But right now, we really have to act as though everything that we do is very important for everyone else. And, uh, you know, the people being like, you know, you're doing Satan's work by making me wear a mask. <laughs> like, that that kind of shit is just pure... Garbage? It's garbage. It's, yeah. and it is so selfish. And, and that, that's what it is. It's... People, people are being selfish. They don't care about everyone else. They care about themselves. They, they, they're more upset at the fact that they're being minorly inconvenienced for 20 minutes to an hour when they're food shopping rather than the fact that if they do this, other people are protected from you if you have a, a, an invisible virus, basically. Yeah, well, that's, and that's, that's, I think, really the issue is that under normal circumstances... I would be all fucking about you doing whatever the fuck you want, because I legitimately believe that you should, as long as you're not hurting anyone, you should pretty much be able to do whatever you want. But this is a case in which what you're doing can hurt other people. So you can't like, you need to be regulated because it's not fair to everyone else. I shouldn't have to worry about me getting sick and then me giving like, if I were to go out with somebody and they were being, you know, whatever, really fucking flippant about all of the sh- all of the regulations that are going on. And I got sick, and then Mary got sick, and then gave it to one of the people at one of the group homes that she worked with. I that person could have wiped out an entire group of people. Like, so like every consumer is that yeah. she works with is high risk. So we have to be extra careful. Same with Matt and Jenna. They work. Jenna works in a very high risk environment. They're likely to get it. And she could give it to somebody who like, it's just, it's, I understand that it's difficult and that there are different opinions on how much of a thing you should take. But like my, my aunt invited me to a fucking graduation this weekend. I'm obviously not going to go. You know what I mean? Like we can't. Yeah. What are you talking about? Why would I go to that? Is this Uh, the same aunt by the way? This is, uh, no, this is actually a different aunt. Okay. It's my godson's graduation, so congratulations, Kyle, on graduating from high school. I'm very proud mm-hmm. of you. But I'm not coming. I'm not coming to your, gradu- <laughs> I'm not coming to your graduation party, because I, I don't want to get any of them sick, and if they were to get me sick, it would be really fucking bad. Like, Mary still has to go in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's this is a rough situation. Yeah, it's... 
it, it, it is. It, it, it's it's rough. It it absolutely sucks that we're stuck in this. But it's just the the it is the my biggest pet peeve right now is when I'm sitting there, like talking with you, and telling you like, look, these are what the numbers say. This is what this said. This is what the doctors say. Look, here's how the trends are going. And you're gonna turn around and say, can't stay inside forever, and just absolutely dismiss everything. I just looked into and researched to try to talk with you. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you're, you're an asshole. Yeah, there's definitely an element of, I think there's, there's certainly an element uh, of this where people are saying, well, this, like a pandemic seems like a, a, like you mentioned, Sean, the last time this happened was the Spanish flu back in like the teens and twenties. This certainly seems like the type of, of issue that shouldn't happen in like a first world country in 2020. Mm-hmm. Like it, it certainly seems like an old timey or like a non United States, non developed nation kind of problem. And the fact that, you know, it, it's, it seems like we should be unassailable. Like you know, we shouldn't be brought down by some illness, even though we've allowed smallpox to come back, you know, because we don't take vaccines, a whole nother problem. But like, it, it seems like a problem that we shouldn't be facing anymore. And so I think people have decided, well, we shouldn't be facing it and we're not going to face it. Like, you know, it seems like it's, it's sort of overblown. And I think there's an element of, of not trusting institutions and not trusting uh, the experts in this case. Tom Nichols wrote a book called The Death of Expertise. Uh, I, I, I will not lie and say that I've read the whole thing. I do not own the book yet, uh, <laughs> but I've read. But he, he's one of my favorite uh, Twitter followers. He's, he's, he's a full disclosure. He's a never he's a never Trump, Repu- Trump Republican. Um, but he is is railed against this idea that like you can't trust anybody anymore and that everybody's voice equals is the same in public discourse right now. And I, I think that's a huge element to this is like you, you see these videos of people who go up in town halls in Florida and basically, you know, somebody with a medical degree uh, is on one side of the debate in these in these town halls and says, hey, the numbers say X, Y and Z. You should all stay inside. And somebody's counter to that is, I question your credentials as a doctor. You know, like there, there certainly is a complete lack of faith and expertise in this country, sometimes for valid reasons, because, listen, everybody is biased in some way. But also it's just, you know, if, listen, if you're not if, if you say if, if you're not going to trust a medical doctor, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't know what to say at that point other than like, well, listen, man, I'm sorry that. You know, Joe Schmo, who who works around the corner, I, you simply your opinion on this specific matter simply does not mean as much to me as like a Dr. Anthony Fauci. You know, <laughs> it simply does not matter to me as much. And, and listen, you can say you can't stay inside forever. Well, okay, great. Nobody said stay inside forever. Yeah. Like you, you said it was stay inside forever. You, you, it's science. It changes sometimes, especially when it's a brand new virus. It's it's just people. People are getting impatient. People are uh, the, the novelty of staying inside has worn off a little bit. The the idea that we shouldn't have to face this as a free society is, is certainly weighing on people's minds. Um, but they're wrong. <laughs> they're, they're fundamentally incorrect on this. And the fact that you're not willing to listen to experts when it comes to medicine, science, the economy, what have you, uh, is certainly plaguing us in a lot of areas of society and in particular this one when it comes to an actual public health crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Other than that, I have no thoughts. Uh, good take, Rich. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Tim, any other thoughts? Or are we, what do you want to Let's wrap it up. All right, good. Uh, uh, wear Rich, wear your more, masks. Wear your masks, everybody. Uh, Rich, where can people find your, your other takes on Twitter? At B underscore walnuts. How about you, Tim? At Tim R. Hansen. 
And you, Sean. And hey, it's SOB. And you can follow me on Twitter at MKASNEL. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast, of course, is Brose underscore podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at Brose Podcast. You can uh, listen to our show and subscribe to it anywhere where fine podcasts are bought and sold, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. And if you have a question you want us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Special thanks, as always, to Mary O'Brien for compiling all of our questions. Shannon Vogel for designing our world-famous logo. Uh, her work can be found on Etsy.com and at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook. And our theme music is When by Stephen Siebert. You can listen to his work at the Free Music Archive. Rich, plug your other podcast. Come check out PodQuest, a nerdy roundtable, where we sit around and talk about the nerd news from each week. Uh, we, we record on Wednesdays, and uh, as of this release there's really nothing coming out until next week so uh, i don't know what we're going to talk about find out if i'm sick or not when's your <laughs> six episode madden 21 preview uh that's not gonna happen but but you know what you know what will happen sean play your madden game <laughs> that's bullshit it's not gonna happen uh, i refuse there's no way <laughs> <laughs> Sean not only refuses to play, won't put himself on autopilot, just like, nah, you guys figure it. <laughs> just a complete disaster. Uh, Matt, go ahead and plug your podcast. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I co-host the Keystone Coast to Coast Sports Podcast uh, with my buddy Eddie Provident. It's a periodic sports show. Um, as sports begin, as baseball uh, is set to start maybe later in July, as basketball is technically supposed to start at the end of July, we may have more shows upcoming. But in the meantime, we did a couple of great episodes, in my humble opinion, about our favorite player of all time from every sports, every team of the four major North American sports. It's an absolute blast. Um, it's really stupid. Uh, we really enjoyed it. <laughs> Say goodbye to the listeners, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. Deuces. For Rich Sweet and Sean O'Brien, Tim Hansen, and the entire action Moose team. My name is Matt Kasson, reminding you to wear your goddamn masks. And to be smart about being stupid. You're damn right. You fucking ingrates. You fucking ingrates.